Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we explore the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hello, Megan. (laughs) Okay, so this is so divine August edition, right? Where we are in August. Sometimes it's hard to know, right? (laughs) I think we start every podcast asking that question because we're in such a time warp these days. But yes, indeed, it is August. So let's talk about kind of what's happening out there astrologically. And we do have a big theme this month, and it's around the planet Mars. Mars has got a lot of action happening this month because it's going to be in conflict with three major planetary players. Uh, They are Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. And we'll, we'll unfold this, unwrap this as we get into this discussion. But Mars is in its native sign of Aries, and the Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn are in the sign of Capricorn. So we've got these very different conflicting energies. So let's dig in. Okay, where to start? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with Mars and Mars and Aries. So I think we've been talking about this the last couple of months, right? Because Mars went into Aries at the end of June. And rather than spend just six weeks in Aries, like it normally does, Mars usually spends six weeks in a sign, it will actually spend about six months there. The reason? (laughs) The upcoming Mars retrograde. Oh, yes. Another (laughs) planet is retrograde this year, as if we needed more to pay attention to in this year of 2020. I feel like we should have had a drum roll with that, like (laughs) retrograde. (laughs) Like what else? I mean, this is just this year is um, captivating. There's lots going on. So Mars will, as you said, right, square Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn. And yeah, and that is a thing, right? Like it's an August thing. (laughs) But it's not just an August thing before we go into what this may even mean and what this might be inviting you towards. Just to know because of Mars's upcoming retrograde, this square action will also occur the end of September and into October, and at the end of December into January. So this is like August is chapter one <laughs> of a three-part story. Yes, yes, chapter one. Yeah, it's so interesting that, you know, these energies are going to be with us for a while. Um, so well, let's dig in. Let's let's talk about it. Um, you know, and like you said, Mars is in the sign of Aries. Mars, you know, Aries is Mars' native sign. So Mars mm-hmm. is quite happy in Aries. And, you know, in that sign, Mars is very, you know, forward moving. It's very aggressive. It's very kind of go for it kind of Mars. And then we pull in this Capricorn energy, which is much more stoic and stable 
and refined and go slow. And this is where we start to see the conflict. For sure, right? Aries, Mars and Aries is, okay, now, or actually now is a little bit too late. You know, <laughs> let's go, let's act, let's express ourselves. I have an idea. I have a feeling. I'm going to act on it. Not even the thought of I'm going to act on it, right? It's instinct and impulse. Whereas the Capricorn planets, like you say, are slow and methodical and let's make a plan. And so it does feel like this month there is a push-pull towards long range versus short range. <laughs> you know, working towards something for the future and something that has strength and solidity and sustainability and something that just allows us to exert ourselves in the moment when we feel that sense of exertion. So let's start with the first square, which is Mars square Jupiter, which is happening on August 4th. Now we've been talking a lot about Jupiter in the last few months because we've had Jupiter conjunct Pluto. And what we've talked about is Jupiter tends to amplify whatever it connects to. So let's dig into that Mars um, Jupiter square and what that could mean for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's this perhaps enhanced or exaggerated mm -hmm. sense of growth. Um, and so we want to really learn or expand by, again, the sense of going slow, building something large and big. And yet will the desire to act in the moment um, what's the word? Not supplement that, but actually get in that way, mm -hmm. right? It feels like Mars, Jupiter, there can be a frustration. And then because of the Jupiter, if we are not acting in alignment and consciously, there can be even more excess uh, frustration. Yes. Excess. That is such a Jupiter word. Excess. You know, Jupiter is the go big or go home planet, right? So this, when we have all these energies joining together, it just feels like you're saying everything is just going to be intensified. The other thing about Mars too is Mars, you know, likes to create, it's a, it's a change agent and Mars likes to, you know, push against, especially, you know, as it, you know, it squares Jupiter and Capricorn push against the status quo. So it's going to be really interesting what kind of comes up out of this, not only for us personally, but in the outer world as well. You know what? I think you just hit the like bottom line of all of this, mm -hmm. right? Mars as an active change agent in conflict with, or trying to make some sort of alliance with, which is a hard alliance with the status quo. And with Jupiter mm -hmm. in Capricorn, it's very much about the largesse of the status quo. So uh, it does feel yeah. like there is this inflammatory, you know, fighting energy, um, you know, and we might be able, not might be able to, we likely will see that in the world stage. But the question for all of us is what do we personally do with that? Yeah. You know, if we feel also that amplification of our own frustration or our own 
you know, will being blocked. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of those themes that plays throughout the month with all of those squares is like, how do you act upon what feels right to act upon? What do you do and how do you consciously channel perhaps a sense of frustration? And how much frustration is there? So much like, (laughs) oh, we still have to do lockdown. Yeah. Oh, we still have to like, we still don't have a cure for the pan, you know, the virus. Like there's a sense of frustration. And yet we need to both balance that wanting to do things in the now with really keeping our eye on that bigger long-term picture so that we don't compromise it. Yeah, good. I think that's that's so good and such a powerful reminder this month with so much going on. And, you know, when Mars is out of balance, I really feel like the shadow side of Mars can be anger. You know, yes. you know, when Mars is just wanting to get it done and it's not getting it done, you know, we can erupt into anger. And I think that's another thing to really be looking for as we go through this. And I just said a big word there, which I think is a perfect segue into the next square with Pluto eruption, right? So the next conflict or square that we have with Mars this month is on August 13th. And this is where Mars will be squaring Pluto. And we've talked about Pluto, you know, over the last two months, again, when it was joining Jupiter. And one of the things we talked about with Pluto is the eruption of the collective shadow. So during this time, you know, with Mars involved, it really is going to, you know, inspire us, right? All to kind of dig in deeper into our individual's shadows and how that can be playing out collectively. Yeah. I mean, it feels like we must go there. And if we Mm. don't um, proactively go there, if you will, situations will arise around us to point us to go there, right? So to really dig in what's underneath, you know, what's underneath my motivation, what's underneath this thing that is stirring me or volcanically like (laughs) galvanizing me, you know, because it is a very deeply probing, stirring time and Mm -hmm. explosive, as you say, you know, so I think it just really behooves all of us. Like if you feel triggered, you know, if you feel like something is really stinging you, not to not act. Of course, we need to act. And if we refrain from expressing ourselves, it's just going to continue to sort of pile on that frustration, but to act in a conscious way, as a conscious agent. And maybe to also dive into this, you know, invitation to look at both our individual shadow and our collective shadow, and that the latter will likely be very up for all of us through events and awareness gained through the collective world and the collective stage. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about this Mars and, you know, square Pluto, it just has this energy, you know, you use the word volcanic eruption or eruption. It feels like it could be also an awakening. You know, it's like just kind of this wake up and, you know, smell the coffee time. And I think there's an opportunity if we're really conscious about it to really be aware of and awaken to, to perhaps what has been going on on a deeper level 
in our psyche, you know, in our unconscious, in our subconscious world. Because if there's things that have been lying in, you know, hiding out, if you will, in, you know, in your unconscious or deeper in your psyche, this is a time where they're probably going to come up. And if we can be, like you're saying, conscious about it, I think this could be incredibly profound. I think that there could be an awakening. Now, awakenings sometimes are not the most easy things to do, but I do think that there is that potential here. I agree. And you know, when you said lying in the subconscious, I thought first you meant like lying. And then I was like, no, also that is a thing. Like Uh it actually, this Mars Pluto may have us see, right? And own where have we been lying ourselves to ourselves, Uh, right? Or to others because it's Pluto, it's the hidden or the exposure, the further exposure of lies, of things that have been concealed by perhaps others in power, right? Capricorn and the breaking down and the revealing of that and that fighting, warring energy, that Mars and Aries probing and um, piercing to reveal that which is hidden, the secrets and the lies. Ooh, that's so juicy, Stephanie. I love that. You know, there could be some big reveals here. I yeah. think so. So it's going to be interesting again, that that word we use so often. <laughs> but what I love about astrology and what I love about our discussions is as we can bring this awareness to the movements of the planets and what's happening then we can work with the energies and start to work with them so they are conscious and you know that they can start to move us forward. Well, and I love that, like the movements of the planets move us forward, right? As they also help us to see the collective movements that are occurring. And we, especially with this Mars and Aries, we need to move. Yes, yes. Right? We need to like own our power that comes through not sitting still. And, you know, even for ourselves, what do we want to fight for in our own lives? Yeah. yeah. You know, it is and as a sense of sort of destiny for ourselves, manifest destiny. How do we want to be on board and champion the things that truly and deeply make life full of worth and value? Ooh. So good. So good. Yes, so powerful. All right. So let's move on to the uh, third Mars uh, square that's happening this month in chapter one. (laughs) And that is on August 24th, we have Mars square Saturn. Now Saturn's in, you know, it's interesting because Mars is in its native sign Aries and Saturn is in its native sign Capricorn. So this really strengthens the energy and the tone of both of those planets. So here we have the square off between Mars and Saturn. So what do you think about that, Stephanie? Yeah, it definitely feels like a square off. I think <laughs> that there can be, um, you know, Saturn and Capricorn is let's go slow. Let's be really efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just like work on the building blocks. And Mars and Aries is like building blocks. Huh? I just want to like go, <laughs> right? I just want to move. I just want to have my flamethrower and like exert myself and act on my desires and my passions. And so 
I think that that Saturn in slowing down the Mars may add for a frustrated Mars. Mm -hmm. So I think it really behooves us again to, yes, take and own that champion within ourselves Mm -hmm. and know, okay, I have this desire, you know, instead of just having it be flamed and then burning out, that actually by building a structure around it, a container around it can actually help that flame and those desires to burn more brightly for an extended period of time. Yeah, I love that you're bringing up this element of fire because Mars is a very fiery planet, Aries is a fire sign. And so we do have this element of fire happening. And, you know, fire can also be very self-involved. Fire is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about me. And like you're saying, it's about my desires. It's about my passion. It's It's a me, mine kind of energy here. And so again, with Saturn, you know, like really looking at maybe how this can work for the greater good or how those desires can connect into the collective and move us all forward. And just a reminder, you know, it's not all about you at this moment, you know, or, and to take that fire and make it, make it work. That's a, that's a Saturn word, make it work, but maybe in this bigger context of the collective. Exactly. Because the pro like back to the shadow and the things that have been emerging, you know, there's a long standing history of the things that we have repressed that we have not looked at and things will not be solved overnight. Now that does not mean that we don't act and we don't pursue, but I think it behooves all of us, whether on a collective level or even in our individual lives to feel really spirited, to play the smart long game. Ah, smart long game. Yes. Yes. So this is the chapter one of these (laughs) Mars squares, right? So they're going to be, when is chapter two and chapter three? And as we're talking about this story in terms of chapters, the idea is, of course, is that when planets go retrograde, as you talked about, it has the first plat, the first pass or the first square, and then it goes retrograde, and then it goes forward, and then we have the second, then it goes retrograde, then it goes forward, and then we have the third. And that's why we have this happening three times this year. So the second chapter is actually happening. I'm looking, oops, I'm looking at my notes here. Do you have that, Stephanie? Yeah. So the second chapter when Mars will be retrograde will occur like the very end of September through the third week of October. Okay. And this is when we may revisit themes, events, happenings that got inspired during this month of August. And then the synthesis, the ideal, ideally the synthesis, right? And the healing and the more further understanding of these issues will occur in that third pass, which will be between the end of September, excuse me, no, December into about the third week of January. Interestingly enough, or ironically enough, or synchronistically enough, 
this will sort of be complete, if you will, or the last alignments will be complete just around the time of the scheduled inauguration of the U.S. president in the United States. Yeah. In the United States. So we can, we wouldn't need that to know that like likely what's occurring, because it's also so much on our mind, at least here in this country, is related to, um, you know, sort of the political stage and those fights for, you know, um, from a governmental political level. Yeah, that's, that's so. Yeah, good. No, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, like, this is something that we can um, spend so much time on because it really feels like such a character of this year and its lessons, both again collectively, but I think for ourselves too. Like, how do we deal with our frustration? How do we own our desires? How do we use our energy? How do we claim our power? How do we channel into also like owning our anger or rage and consciously expressing it, right? Really connecting to the conscious expression of frustration, of anger, of power, and even of rage, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, the, 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 the idea of the third chapter is like, this is where it will complete and hopefully we will have learned whatever it is that we've needed to learn in this Mars journey. Fingers and toes crossed. Yes. (laughs) Fingers and toes crossed. Okay. I'm going to shift gears just for a minute because we've got some stuff to talk about with the planet Uranus. We have some Uranus news. So um, we have on August the 3rd, we have an Aquarius full moon that will be squared by Uranus. So, you know, Aquarius, Uranus is the ruling planet for Aquarius. So that's a full moon that feels very Uranian. So let's talk about some of the themes that could arise during that full moon square Uranus. Well, I was thinking about when you were speaking even before about this, I'm paraphrasing you, like the balance between the individual and the collective, like it's you're important, but it's not also all about you, if you will. Right. In terms of this with the Mars and the Capricorn planets, sort of a similar flavor on some levels to like Aquarius full moon. It is that balance because the sun is in Leo about you and your unique, creative, individual being and expression, but not just about you because it's Aquarius moon. You know, it's also about the collective. So it Mm. feels like there's that balancing between how everybody's individual spirit can express itself at the behest of the larger realm, the larger aim, you know, the our collective progressive um, pursuits, if you will. And yeah. then with Uranus, it's like anything goes, like be <laughs> open to surprises and take, take the road least traveled and stay bouncy and, you know, just break out of Uranus always invokes like breaking out of constrained molds and doing things a different way and declaring a greater sense of your own individuality and freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but it's volcanic and shaky, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it feels like it's like some of what you're talking about feels very like age of Aquarius, you know, like really looking at, you know, that idea of one planet, you know, one, one, God, I'm putting my little quote marks up, where we all come together collectively. And also with that Uranus square, like you're saying, anything can happen. So just, you know, be open and and see what does come up. The other thing about Uranus is it can be very 
inspirational and it can bring new insights. And so, you know, that could be a part of it as well. Yeah. And that's an energy that continues, you know, and really peaks again mid-month when you have the Uranus um, stationing to go retrograde. So that flavor, I would say, of Uranus, of the mm-hmm. surprises, of the individuality, of the creativity, or even the chaos, you know, and staying bouncy and out of the blues and expect the unexpected, all of those Uranus missives um, feel very appropriate to remember the first couple of weeks of August. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, no So Divine podcast would be, uh, you know, would be like finished unless we also talked about the new moon. And we have a new moon in Leo. I forget the date on that, um, but I'm sure Stephanie will find that. But so August 18th. August 18th. Okay, good. And so, you know, this just feels like you know, a Leo new moon just feels like a breath of fresh air. I think Leo's very, you know, the new moon is very happy in Leo and Leo's very, you know, it's another fire sign. It's very heart open, opened uh, or opening and very optimistic. And Leo is brave and courageous and a little bit dramatic, but it just feels like that could be like a nice shift. I agree with you completely. It's just like, what, Focus on your heart, you know, be generous in your spirit, be creative, connect to that like childlike wonder within you, which, you know, we all kind of need right now, right? To sort of go back to a place of like free and frolic and a bit of of innocence, if you will. So that's a nice time to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be, rawr, that'll be, that will definitely be a nice, nice event. All right, so it's time for the tarot card for August. Yes, and like I was thought you were going to say that before. It's like no so divine podcast would be complete without, <laughs> of course, right, the amazing reveal and explanation of these incredible archetypes that you bring forth in describing the tarot card for the month and how it can really guide us and help us navigate this time. So take it away. Okay. So the tarot card for um, August, I chose the archetype of the tower card and the tower card, you know, I always say the tarot card's so hot right now. You see a lot of it featured in, you know, social media and on websites is kind of like a key card for right now. Now, why is that? And the tower card represents the structures, the foundational structures that we have created throughout time. And now they're beginning to collapse and fall all around us. It's the falling tower. Those structures represent false structures that we've created through time. For example, uh, commerce, uh, governmental structures, education, uh, banking, corporate structures, very much what I would describe as patriarchal structures. And these structures are being dismantled. They're, like I said, just completely falling apart. And the tower card is ruled by Mars. And this is the destructive part of Mars with the idea that these false towers must be destroyed so we can be liberated from them into a much bigger picture and a much bigger 
paradigm. And in the tarot, the card that follows the tower is the star. From the ashes of the tower rises the star. And the star is ruled by Aquarius, just like what we were talking about with that full moon in Aquarius. And the star card represents the new paradigm, that idea of higher destiny, that moment we all come together. So the idea with the towers from the ashes rises the phoenix, but a key component to this archetype and why I feel like it's so important right now is it's it tells us to not rebuild our towers, that we must stay in the dismantling. We must let them fall around us, that we cannot rebuild too soon or we'll just rebuild those old towers. So it really you know, challenges us to stay with that dismantling and in the dismantling to stay hopeful and to, you know, find ways to be with that. And the tower card is also a death card, death and rebirth. And because of that death energy, I think we're all feeling that one way or another, that loss, that letting go. We have to give ourselves time to grieve and to grieve what we're letting go of and to grieve these deaths and these falling towers. So I just love how the tower can really be this great, you know, guiding archetype, if you will, to just help us move through these times. What a powerful compass to help us navigate these times. And I also thank you for the reminder of the hope, the finding the hope and being in the hope during the dismantling. And I think that's something that, you know, is really important for all of us to remember and consider how we can connect to that hope as the structures are the structures that didn't hold and might have been false are falling around us so that we don't rush right mars yeah. and aries yeah, to right, build exactly. too soon yeah yeah all right well my gosh thank you so much stephanie i, I do you have any final words do you want to do you have any wrap up for us before we complete Ooh, Ooh, I don't know. I'm just really sort of left with this finding the balance between, you know, the short term and the long term. And maybe how do you be a soldier or a warrior or a champion for lasting strength that honors the structures of justice? I think maybe that's the Aries Capricorn. Oh, wow. That's good. Well done. Thank you, Stephanie. And thank you, Megan. And thank you, all of you out there, for listening to our So Divine podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at sodivine.us. Shoot us an email. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, you know, let us know anything that you would like us to talk about. We always love to hear from you. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for everybody listening in. Thank you for our producer, Sebastiano Tecchio and have a really powerful August. Mm-hmm.